Welcome to another Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I created the show with the intention of empowering others to help and love themselves. Aside from weekly skin tips, you will hear me spotlight extraordinary souls from around the world who are making a difference by helping people in their own way. Together, we can all make a difference, and it starts with love, love from the hip. The word archetype is derived from the Greek word archetypos, which means first imprint. Plato, one of the most influential philosophers, was the first to bring forth the concept of archetype in his theory of forms. His theory postulates the existence of a level of reality inhabited by the ideal or archetypal form of all things and or concepts. Plato's idos or ideas were thought to be mental forms imprinted into the soul before it was born into this world, which leaves many philosophers translating archetype as an essence. Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung brought more emphasis to Plato's philosophical idos and identified them with his own psychological archetypes in his concept of collective unconscious. Jung believed the human psyche, or the mind, body, and soul, was made up of three parts, the ego, the personal unconscious, and the collective unconscious. And it is the collective unconscious which reflects shared memories with the whole of humanity, where ancestral memories are stored, and where the Jungian archetypes reside. Although the number of archetypes can be limitless, Jung's four main archetypes include the persona, the shadow, the anima or animus, and the self, and they represent a journey to a merging of the conscious and the unconscious. The persona defines the different masks people wear in society in regards to their job, family, culture, etc. The shadow is our dark side, which is often formed by wearing a mask in the persona, thus suppressing all of our expression. This can also include aspects of our personality we don't appreciate or those we aren't even aware of. The anima or animus or woman or man is a reflection of the opposite gender. The anima represents the feminine side in a man's psyche, whereas the animus represents masculinity in a woman's psyche. The self is when the ego merges with the conscious and the unconscious states. It is the whole representing individuation. Individuation, according to Jung, is an expression of the biological process by which every living thing becomes what it was destined to become from the beginning. Archetypes are not dictated by personal experience nor individual perspective, but rather they are fundamental, pre-existing, and inherited mechanisms which allow us to react in a human way and which we use to interpret reality. These inherited potentials, which are seemingly hidden, are transformed once they enter our consciousness and are given particular expression. From Jung's archetypes, the hero archetypes emerged. In his A Hero of a Thousand Faces, American mythologist and writer Joseph Campbell demonstrated that many of our most popular stories and folklore, spanning over thousands of years and across many different cultures, still all shared one specific formula. This formula is known as the hero's journey, and it has a repeating cast of characters known as the hero archetypes. These eight hero archetypes include, number one, the hero. The hero is the main character of the story and the most relatable. The hero will leave behind a world they are familiar with, including a lesser version of themselves. Number two is the mentor, who assists, equips, or directs the hero in their new world. Once the hero is on the right path, 
the mentor disappears. Number three is the ally. The ally is the loyal and praiseworthy friend the hero meets and needs along the way. Number four is the herald. The herald is the catalyst for necessary change in the hero's life. It can be a letter, an event, or even an illness. Number five is the trickster. The trickster not only adds humor and fun to the story, but also challenges the status quo. They offer up a different perspective and nudge the hero to ask questions. Number six is the shapeshifter. The shapeshifter blurs the line between ally and enemy to the hero. They challenge the hero to question their relationships. Number seven is the guardian. The guardian helps to test the hero before they face great challenges, forcing the hero to prove themselves. And lastly, number eight, it's the shadow. The shadow, while it can be a villain in the story, it doesn't have to be a character at all. Like the young archetype, it is meant to cause conflict and mirror the hero's internal struggle. Similar to Young's archetypes, these eight hero archetypes are meant to guide the individuation process towards self-realization. The hero's journey is a journey about self-discovery, living a fully realized life. It begins when an individual, who like most, is operating at status quo, decides to take the call to action, only to return an enlightened and transcended person living the life intended for them. And with both Jungian and Platonic archetypes, individuals first need to have the desire to truly live life and live the life they want. So I ask you, have you decided to take the leap? And how far are you in achieving the life intended for you? As Joseph Campbell said, we must let go of the life we planned so as to accept the one that is waiting for us. Today on Love from the Hip, it is my absolute joy to have psychic medium and intuitive life coach David Zarza on my show. David will share his method of using archetypes in his work, why they are important to know, and how they can lend to different areas of our lives, and more. Plus, David is kindly offering up a mini archetype reading for you. So have your question ready. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R dot com. Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. 
acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Estera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at esteracare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A care.com. What would it be like to deeply remember the secrets of your soul so that you can travel the unknown with confidence and genuinely sit back, relax, enjoying life without all the everyday worries? I'm Jen Shen, a mystic mentor who guides you to align and amplify your soul's true mission. Get healing, clarity around your next steps, release unresolved guilt, agreements, and karma so that you can fulfill your purpose and reach your utmost potential while experiencing true freedom. Awaken the soul power within you today with me, Jen Shen. Learn more at gendushen.com. That's J-E-N-D-U-C-H-E-N-E.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and to subscribe and share my podcast, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P, anywhere you can find podcasts. Today, I have the pleasure of having David Zarza on my show. David is a psychic medium and an intuitive life coach. Hi, David. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Sakura. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Yeah. And I know you're not physically here in Seattle right now, but where are you joining us from? So at the moment, I'm in this little town called Chula Vista, California. It's in San Diego, uh, visiting my parents, actually picking up my kitties because I'm moving into uh, my new house in August. Congratulations. Congratulations. We're happy to have you back. (laughs) Me too. I'm excited. So I have to ask how old you were when you had your very first spiritual experience and what happened? So the first, the first one that I can remember, I was actually three years old. Now I know that it was an out of body type experience. Wow. Because I I literally woke up like in in my bunk bed at the time (laughs) And I woke up in the darkness. It was scared, but it was oddly illuminated. And so I walked over to like my, my parents' room. And when I cracked open the door and I looked inside, there was this woman like floating above their bed. Uh, right. Yeah. And it freaked and it freaked me out. And she immediately saw me too. And she said, get out of here, go back to sleep. And it, it freaked me out so much that it felt like I just wisped really fast back into bed Mm -hmm. and I opened and I opened my eyes and I was in my bed so it was not a dream like now I know the difference between a dream a lucid dream and an out-of-body experience right so it was it was an out-of-body encounter interesting and who was the woman yeah who was the spirit it turned out to be my dad's grandmother oh wow and he was her favorite like grandchild huh so for some reason, she decided to show up to me right. <laughs> that day, that night, <laughs> and, and freak me out. So that was that was the first time. Okay. Now, did you know yeah. right away when you were having all these experiences that you were a psychic medium? No. Um, I actually didn't have a language for it until I saw this, and, and, and please don't laugh, anybody. When I saw the Montel Williams show, okay? Okay. <laughs> Did you ever watch the show? Yeah, I remember Montel. Uh-huh. Okay. Tell us more. So he, he, he had this guest on, this recurring guest, who was this really kooky old woman uh, named Sylvia Brown. Oh, yeah, Sylvia okay. Brown. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. And and I, I, I thought like she was at times like heartwarming and kind, but other times she seemed like really bitchy, like over it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and she kept giving pe- these people information. I didn't know if it was like true or not, but she was like sort of channeling it from somewhere. And a lot of them were moved because of it. And like the behind the scenes stories, you would see that the information that she would share with a lot of these people ended up helping them or helping them heal. Right. And I was like, you know what? I kind of like what she does. She's just so upfront, so matter of fact. And she she obviously shares something of value. I want to be a psychic, <laughs> you know? And I, I was like 13 years old. I had no idea what that meant. And you were already but, a well, psychic, I, right? So it's just labeling yourself like naturally. yeah <laughs> wow. and and it wasn't until 2006 when I actually started doing it professionally okay and so tell me more about the mentors that helped you to understand more about your gifts so I never actually studied under anybody but I literally read almost every single book that I could find at the time around psychic phenomena paranormal experiences, out-of-body travel, you know, mysticism, um, religious philosophies, you know, you yeah. name it, anything anything that dealt with this unseen part of our lives and our world, like I dove into it. So I usually name like three people. One was Sylvia Brown, although I never really enjoyed any of her, any of her books, <laughs> but, I, but I was just curious about like how she lived her life, right? Mm-hmm. And then there was this guy, his name is Pete Sanders, who was based out of Arizona. I think he's still around. And he wrote this book called You Are Psychic. And that one actually had the most like realistic experiences that yeah. he had as as like a person exploring their physical their their psychic abilities that I had naturally. And so that's a book that I still recommend to people if they want to, like, start this journey of being more more psychic for themselves. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so and, I, and then the last one is Debbie Ford. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no, but Debbie the last Ford. One is, the, the last one is Debbie Ford. Like she is I call her my my latest mentor, you know, psychic mentor, because without knowing more about your dark side or your shadow, and if nobody knows about Debbie Ford, please look into her. She wrote these books on the shadow, the psychological shadow. Okay. And without knowing your dark side, you can't really know all of your light side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't have one so without the other. True. Well, thanks True. for sharing those. And I'm curious, I know it's different for every psychic medium. How does the information come in for you? Are you seeing it? Are you hearing it? Are you smelling it? At this point, because I've been doing it so long, it's it's D all of the above. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like like the way the way the universe wants to come to me is the way it's gonna come to me, mm-hmm. right? But mostly like my psychic strength is psychic vision. So a lot of people call it uh clairvoyance, you know, being able to see like visions, images, pictures, people, places, mm-hmm. um, and psychic knowing, like thoughts just popping into your head out of the blue randomly. Those I would say are my two strengths. Yeah. And then next is psychic hearing, like literally hearing things. Now, are you hearing it in another voice or are you hearing it as if it's a thought coming into your mind? Good question. It, it sort of depends. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, with a lot of my clients who actually lose like loved ones, um, interacting with that loved one, sometimes I can get like the tone of their voice or their like 
matter of speaking and sometimes even like the sound of their voice okay, okay? yeah um but that's rare okay so i don't want to tell people that that happens <laughs> all the time it, it's rare i see a spirit more easily than i can hear them okay, okay? because spirits actually don't use words with me like you and i are using right um, but curiously, the spirits that do communicate in voices are pets. Oh, really? Pets who have <laughs> passed on usually have, at least in my mind, they end up taking like famous people's voices. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I have one, like I have one cat that always shows up as Julianne Moore's voice. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. And she has a great it's voice. It's hilarious. So I have to ask, what made you finally decide to step out of the spiritual closet and make psych being a psychic medium your full time professional career? Uh, I joke around with people and tell them that the universe literally kicked me out of that spiritual closet (laughs) Um, (laughs) because I was I was practicing hypnotherapist at the time. This was 2006, like I mentioned earlier. And during my like hypnotherapy type sessions with clients, I would get information about that client, like while they were speaking or while they were in trance Mm -hmm. and, and when they would come out of it or after the session was over, they would say, you know, how is it that you were able to describe like my, my grandma's bedroom when I was growing up, it was one of my favorite places to go. Um, Like you were actually there with me in in my mind Uh or, or like, or like, or like, how did you know to ask, you know, about that tree that I was, that I would always go to, you know, after school and, and these things just kept on happening like so much that I was like, maybe what I'm seeing in my mind is actually random. Maybe it's actually connected to like something to do with my client. Yeah. And so that's when I, that's when I took the chance and started sharing more of those insights. Yeah. And I was able to be like a clear witness to my client's experiences here in this world. And if somebody was having trouble or problems or challenges, I was able to have like a different perspective, like a, like a wider perspective on it mm-hmm. so that, so that I can help my client with that problem, with that challenge or with that issue um, in a way that they couldn't have figured it out themselves. Right. Right. It, it seems as yeah. though the universe was nudging you to get on this path from the get go. Pushing. <laughs> shoving. Right. And you worked all the way around it by studying psychology and counseling and all those tools, though, that I'm sure you bring into your work today. Is that correct? Yes. And actually, I'm glad I had more of that scientific foundation Mm -hmm. because it gave like a context or a framework that I can that I can use this like sometimes ambiguous energetic language or symbolic language to put into words right. that are actually helpful for people. Right. And not so woo-woo yeah. for those that are just new to it, right? <laughs> exactly. You make it practical. You make it useful. Yeah. That's what I like. So tell yeah. us about archetypes. How did you come to study those and why? So a curious thing about that, too. Like when I, I went to school in 1993 uh, to UCLA College, and every year they would have all these events throughout the year. And the one that I was most excited for was the book fairs, <laughs> right? And, and I remember my first book, for, book fair there. It was like magical because they had like an even bigger one than like the local high school, okay? And, and I ran into this book and I didn't realize this until like years later. I ran into this book by this woman named Carol Pearson. It was actually a journal workbook. And it was called Awakening the Heroes Within. Huh. 
I picked it up because I love the artwork and it was chunky. I could fill in the blanks because I had question prompts inside it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do this one day. And I literally set it aside for like over a decade. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it wasn't until I was studying hypnotherapy and actually working with clients. And I wanted to like write a speech to the association that I was a part of on archetypes, on Jungian archetypes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and bringing in people like you mentioned during, during your intro, um, like Joseph Campbell, you know, Carl Jung, um, and a bunch of other philosophers. But Carol Pearson was the one that gave me the framework yeah. um, for how I use archetypes right now. Like I still use um, her distinct 12, the family of 12 archetypes that she has in her book, The Heroes Within. Okay. Yeah, and I want to get into yeah. all 12 of those, but why are they important to know? So we are never unfortunately given like a handbook for living, right? <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like it's like we sort of just encounter and learn the world through what we experience, you know, the bumps and bruises and the smiles and and joyful moments. But if I would have known about the archetypes earlier on, I think I would have had an easier time with life and especially the hard parts of life, okay? Because what the archetypes do is they give you uh, a symbol that represents a moment or like a stage of development within your life that you are going to encounter if you are a human being on earth, hmm. okay? Like for instance, everybody here is gonna encounter a loss of life, right? Everybody here is going to encounter the birth of a life and everybody here is going to encounter like a hope being dashed or an expectation being, you know, non-fulfilled. Everybody here is going to experience a moment of love. Like the archetypes just help give more fullness or a bigger picture to all of these human moments in our life and how to how to take the most out of them. So essentially it's providing us tools to help us move through these moments or transcend these moments? Exactly. Because, like, let me give you an example. When we experience a loss, it's devastating, right? Sometimes if it's a divorce or literally the death of a person that we love, that loss creates like a vacuum, creates like a, like a wound, a spiritual wound. And with nobody ever telling us how to deal with spiritual wounds, we're sort of like left on our own to figure out how to heal it. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, unfortunately, we have very unhealthy ways of healing, you know, either like denying or escaping or just like, you know, medicating ourselves away or medicating the pain away. There's a way to experience like the richness of that pain in a way that you get wisdom from it instead of just being stuck in like the sadness of the loss. Yeah, that makes sense. And that and that you can find from the archetype of the orphan or wounded child, because the wounded child or the orphan archetype comes into us, into our psyche, into our spirit to bring us back to our full selves, our stronger selves, our our confident selves, which is what we need when we've experienced a loss, because it's like we are no longer the person that we were before that loss. Right. And so it sort of walks with us to figure out, like, who are we now? Mm hmm. So then are we, just es- one example. are we essentially then moving through the archetypes? Yes. So kind of yes. like the hero's journey where we're stepping through. Yeah. Imagine the hours on the clock 
um, labeled as symbols instead. But this clock doesn't necessarily tell you like where you're at in terms of the day. Um, this archetype tells you where you're at in terms of your like human development. Okay. okay? So, so yes, we can cycle through all the archetypes literally in one conversation, but we're gonna we're gonna follow like the development of the archetypes or each archetypal like expression throughout our life. Now, now are people you, ever do people sorry do people ever come in okay. though where they're already at like nine o'clock and they only have yes yeah okay yeah well yeah like where most people run into issues or difficulties is when they are addicted to just being at nine o'clock uh, you know yeah like when somebody. I'm going to use the orphan again, right? Because the orphan's shadow side is that of the victim. And when somebody is stuck as a victim, a lot of things can go wrong in their life, mm. you know? Because if we constantly embody the energy of a victim, then predators, you know, people who like to victimize others will more easily see them. And so it'll feel like, oh my God, the world is against me. You know, mm. the universe is against me. Like everyone is against me. But when we take responsibility for our energy, how we show up in the world, we can change like who we attract into it and the experiences that we have. Okay. So we're meant to move through them. However, people can get stuck or, as you said, addicted to the archetype yes. they're in. Yeah. Yes. And so does Absolutely. it does it take a relationship with another archetype in order to help push that through? Uh, yes. And also no. Right. Like, <laughs> right. like <laughs> it, it actually takes relationships, like just relationships with people um, for us to see like the fullness of that, of all that we are, like mm -hmm. the totality of all that we are. Because if we're just like on a deserted island or on our own, we can experience the 12 archetypes all at once, like in a day, but we won't experience the full richness of it without relating to other people. Mm -hmm. It's like putting it into you action. Know? Yes. And, and, and also seeing like, different um like gradients of expression like for instance the ruler is all about seeking security seeking stability through wise decision making and the ruler is a powerful uh motivator you know that pushes you to do things like uh reach higher in your career path you know to to, to find a home and make sure it's safe and calm you know to make sure your finances are in order your health is taken care of that your relationships are healthy uh, but if it's stuck in an overdrive or like unhealthy habits, then you might become like a workaholic, mm. you know? Yeah. And so, so, so it's, it's always our choice to like have it be balanced or have an archetype be denied or neglected or like to own it so much that it becomes a part of you so that you can choose to embody it at any given moment instead of the circumstances pulling it, pulling you, pulling it out of you. I like how you emphasize it's a choice and you're not a victim. It's always a choice. Like this <laughs> life is nothing but choices. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that's actually like what I love doing in this work as a psychic and a life coach, because in, in the psychic work, I start with the archetypes. Like what is influencing the person in front of me right now? Okay. Because I can give us, me and them, a context for like where they're starting from and and why their day-to-day -day experiences are the way they are. If they like them, we can continue this way. If they don't, we can then look in on different parts of the life or the relationships for how to like fix it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do yeah. you put on the ruby slippers or not? 
<laughs> all right you know what's funny yeah my favorite my favorite color shoes are actually red shoes so they're not ruby <laughs> but they're red see there you go i was speaking to you <laughs> all right yeah. well with that we're going to take a quick break but everyone stay tuned for the weekly skinny up next and more love from the hip and remember this is a live show so if you would like a mini archetype reading with david call 1-88-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527 on this weekly skinny, I would like to talk about an issue that was recently discovered just within the last few years, and that is how skin tones can actually affect heart rate sensors, more specifically, wearable heart rate monitors like your smartwatch. This first-of-its-kind data presented at the American College of Cardiology's 71st Annual Scientific Session found that wearable device input on heart rate and rhythm may be less accurate for people with darker skin tones. This data was revealed after researchers reviewed 10 previously published studies, which specifically reported heart rate and rhythm for consumer wearable technology in accordance with one's race and skin tone. One reason for this issue is because the algorithms developed are often done in homogenous white populations, which unfortunately lead to more generalized results. Also, most wearables use photoplethysmography, which involves shining a bright light through the skin and tissue, and then detecting how much light is absorbed. Greater light absorption indicates a greater volume of blood flowing through the veins under the skin. This does not work well in darker skin tones because darker skin contains more melanin which absorbs light. The researchers discovered that 40% of the studies found a significant reduction in accuracy of heart rate measurement with wearable devices in darker-skinned individuals when compared to participants with lighter skin tones and or gold standard measurements such as ECG or chest strap monitoring. In December of 2020, a study was conducted during COVID on pulse exometers which are used to track oxygen saturation levels. These two were found to be less accurate for patients of color. After this newfound discovery, ongoing research is being conducted to further develop these wearable devices so that they include all populations of skin tones, whether it's through new algorithms which can accommodate the variations in innate skin light absorption and or even incorporating specific wavelengths of light, like green, for example which is said to be more accurate in people across all skin tones. All in all, with the rise of people wearing devices to take better control of their health, it would seem otherwise ironic not to make sure these are as accurate as possible. Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. If you're just tuning in, I'm having a fantastic discussion with psychic medium and intuitive life coach, David Zarza. And if you would like a mini archetype reading, call 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. 
So, David, you said there were 12 archetypes in your methodology. Could you briefly go through these? Yes, really quickly. Um, so just to give a little more context on them, though, um, we can cycle through these archetypes, these 12, like within a conversation. OK, <laughs> but, but we are definitely going to experience all of them uh, within a lifetime. So like the first one is what I'm going to call the first four of three stage. Um, I mean, the first stage of development, which is called the preparation, getting ready for your life. You, we have four archetypes. The first is the child, also known as innocent. Second is uh, the orphan, also known as wounded child. The caregiver or guardian or parent, and then the warrior. The warrior is the one that helps us like set goals, you know, put in the effort to meet them. And sometimes even put our emotions aside for what we need to tackle on the, in the day um, so that we can just like get, get through it, you know, do it, make it happen. The caregiver is very externally focused, you know, making sure that those around us are taken care of, attended to, or even loved. The orphan, the wounded child, like what I mentioned earlier, shows up when we've experienced a loss or hurt or wounding to bring us back to our full selves. And then the innocent, which teaches us about trust, not just trusting our own self, but also trusting like other people around us and the universe as a co or the divine as a co-creative partner in our life. Next is the actual like journey living uh, past the teenage years. And in that section of development, there's the creator, which is literally all about creativity, taking things from the realm of inspiration into reality. The destroyer, one of my favorite archetypes, <laughs> because it's the one that can help us have grace around our endings, you know, mm -hmm. and how to finish things cleanly and fully. Um, Next is the wanderer, um, also known as seeker. And this one is the one that makes people feel the most uncomfortable because it makes us ask really big questions when it influences us. Uh, because it's basically getting us to understand who we are now because we've leveled up, we've changed a lot. And who we were as a child no longer likely fits with who we are as a young adult or adult. And then finally, the, the lover, because it is, you know, in childhood that we experience a type of love, you know, from our primary caregivers, but it is when we're out in the world, you know, seeking love that we experience the lover more fully. And the lover is all about that which we love, not necessarily just romantic love. So it makes us really sensitive to that which we love and that which we cannot stand. And then finally, the return. It's mm. when you've, you've grown up, you've lived a life, and you have wisdom to share. And so the first archetype there is usually the ruler. It's the one that I shared about earlier that helps us how to live, how to build our life, you know, to have plenty of options for what it is we want to be or do in our life. Next is the sage. And the sage is all about feeding ourselves spiritually, you know, connecting with um, the divine within ourselves and the world around us in a very personal way. And then it's the magician, which is about transformation, like taking the experiences that we've had and knowing how to use them so that we don't have to like spend a lot of time making things happen for ourselves and others in our life. Mm -hmm. And then finally, the jester and the jester also known as fool, not foolish, but fool. It's the one that always trusts that, you know what? I can do this. 
I'm going to do this. So let's go for it. That's awesome. So those are the 12 that I use. And those are the 12 that commonly influence my clients at any given moment of their life. Thanks for sharing those. Well, we have a caller on the line. So let's go ahead and take Heather from Chicago. Heather, are you there? Hi. Yes, I'm here. Hi, Heather. Do you have one? (laughs) Do you have one question that David can answer for you with archetypes? Well, I was just thinking um, quickly. I'm a psychology major, so I've learned all of these. But while (laughs) I do feel stuck, how do we figure out what archetype we're stuck in? Ooh, this is a good question. This is a good question. Yeah. So, so um, I sort of want to ask because I like making this personal. What's the biggest obstacle or challenge or repeating pattern that you seem to hit in your life? Um, I think I'm um, loving myself, really, which okay. is stemming out into other relationships. Okay. Okay. So, so to me, like w- what I'm sensing is difficulty putting yourself first, especially around romantic relationships to the point where you might lose yourself. Does that resonate? Uh, a little bit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So if yes, it does. basically, basically the way that you know which archetype you are sort of like not fully embodying or not getting the most resources from is by doing what I just did with Heather is 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 honestly looking at your life and seeing where is the pattern that I can't seem to break Mm. you know what's the thing that I keep trying to get like help with around like my friends or around my therapist you know around my authority figures it's it's Mm. there that you look right? Because like, for instance, um, what I would recommend for you, Heather, is it does not seem like the lover is a problem for you. Because you're aware that loving yourself is something that you want to do more of, right? What I would Mm -hmm. actually recommend is look at the caregiver in you. You know, are you parenting yourself well enough right now? You know, giving yourself plenty of rest, feeding yourself well, like exercising your body, like literally the basics, because once you've got the basics down, then you know how to treat yourself like at a baseline level so that if in a relationship you are neglecting those parts of you, then you know what you have to do, which is not give so much to yourself of yourself to that other person and instead let them love you more in their own way. But also teach them how you prefer to be loved because that's okay. the next step of self-love. Okay. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you, David. You're welcome. Thanks for calling You're in, welcome. Heather. Thanks. So Heather brought up some good points. I, I wanted to ask, though, when we get stuck in an archetype, can it also be our ancestral karma that we're playing out? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And if people don't know about ancestral karma, but I have a feeling because they've listened to you before, they probably do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, it patterns like through the generations that seem to repeat. Right. And it's usually unhealthy patterns or difficult patterns. Um, Yes, because if we come from a household where the full scope of the archetypes are not like healthily expressed, Mm -hmm. then, yes, we will likely have the same area of opportunity uh, for growth. Okay. so if you see the problems, if you see like just as an example, my father had difficulty with money. And I keep having difficulty with me. Like, I can't hold on to it. 
right? Then I can tell you it's because he likely did not have healthy ruler expression. Mm. So his way of making decisions and choices was faulty. And so I would look in you as to how you're making decisions and choices. Are you making them based like from a place of fear as opposed to like faith and love? Because then that, that would be the problem. Okay. Now, when we get stuck in an archetype, is that also because we have to work through the dark side of it? Um, it could be. And, and could can, be. can you explain what the dark side of the archetypes yeah. are? Yeah. So, so um, like, like Sakura was talking earlier about the Jungian shadow, uh, we as human beings have a dark side. You know, and with the archetypes being like a team of 12 people inside of us, those 12 people can have their own dark sides. Like, for instance, the jester, the one that helps you like step forward in life, like, you know, in a place where you're happily wanting to go. Um, when you embody it fully, things can feel effortless. Things can feel like you're charmed because the universe and other people show up for you around you. Um but if it is, if you are stuck in the shadow side of the jester, then you will be stuck into its addictive behaviors, okay? Because the jester loves the sensual part of life, you know, so drink, food, sex, spending, you know, like you name it, whatever you can indulge in, that's usually like the domain of the jester. But if you're only stuck in like overeating, oversexing, overspending, you, you can almost guarantee that you're stuck in the dark side of the jester. Hmm. And what that requires then is not just like honesty about like what you're doing, but then seeing how you can tighten up your self-control and self-discipline there. Okay. And so it's not always a bad thing, the dark side, in a sense. I mean, it's there no, to help you The dark learn. side is like never a bad thing because the more of the darkness that you are aware and sort of like master in yourself, the more you can see it in other people. And so the less you will likely be like badly affected or negatively affected by other people. And also the more darkness that you embrace in yourself, the more of your light side that you can express in this world. Okay. And now so like, if you want to be a better healer, you know, or a more spiritual person or a helper, you know, then you've got to look at your greedy side, your mm -hmm. selfish side, your manipulative side. And love those parts of you so, so that you don't habitually automatically become those things. And instead, you choose the light versions of them. All right. Well, thanks for clarifying yeah. that. <laughs> of course. And with that, we're going to take another break. But everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip. Men, care for your skin properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers their Gentleman's Groom Clinical Facial designed for your rugged skin. A deep cleansing clinical facial is like a one-two-three punch to wrinkles, age spots, and problem skin. Tame those brows, ears, and nostrils. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium to be your spiritual guide with the other side. 
No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R dot com. Is your tween starting to experience a change in their skin? Want to get them on an easy at-home routine and have good skin hygiene? Allow Sakura Skin in Mind to help your tween out. This brief, deep cleansing and educational 35-minute facial is just enough to get your tween, ages 10 to 12 years old, started off in the right direction. Sakura Skin in Mind uses the latest in the clinical skincare industry to care for your tween the right way. Sakura Skin in Mind, treating skin out there with an ounce of treatment and a pound of protection. Call 206-730-7429 or go to sakuraskinandmind.com. The veil is a line between physical and non-physical realities, between spirit and matter. Listen in to Go Beyond the Veil every second Wednesday of each month from 2 to 3 p.m. In this jam-packed radio hour, hosts Sakura Sutter and Rory Reich interview folks who make a living crossing the veil and assisting others on their journey of healing and self-discovery. They will ask the hard questions to not only reveal more truths and clarity, but also to make spiritual sense. They hope by offering this resource where science meets spirituality that you too can finally put your skepticism to rest once and for all. So join them as they go beyond the veil. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. If you're just joining us, I have David Zarza here with us today. So David, just to recap and recircle, you were talking about there's three stages of the 12 archetypes, correct? And yeah. the gesture yeah. you mentioned as the last one. So is it the gesture is the last phase and then we transcend or what happens after that? You said we could cycle through. So can you explain yeah. that a little more? So, so, yeah. So so as we go through these like stages of being, um, when we reach like the fullness of them all, it's like we're like the jester just faithfully feeling supported by the universe so that we can move forward in our life in whichever way we want we desire hmm. and then the cycle starts again but, but it's every easier time we, yes <laughs> every but every time we, we encounter the cycle again then our mastery of these parts of ourselves becomes easier and better that's mm-hmm. how life should be um but as we know, being in helping professions, you know, nobody's life goes as smoothly as that plan right. is. Right. Well, and as <laughs> and you said, so- a lot of people get addicted to the suffering or they get stuck in something and they don't want to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I would say you can find what's plaguing you through the problems you encounter because the problems or the challenges are actually the route to your bliss. Mm. Joseph you have Kim. to go through them. You have to go through them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Well, tell us more about your coaching program. Who is it for and how long is it? So my coaching program, um, it's interesting because most clients, after they have a reading with me, you know, when they've gotten all this information, um, it's up to them what they do with it, right? But my hope is that they do something productive with it. And for those clients who want to do something productive with what they got from the reading, they ask about the coaching. And the coaching program uh, can be as long as like three months or uh, a week. Um, Whatever they need, because I never like to say, you know, you have to do it this way. Mm. It's whatever kind of support a person needs at the time. You know, my recommendation is if it's possible, have us work together as long as we can. You know, not forever, because then that means, you know, we've, we've become a codependent couple. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but it can happen in like three month spurts, you know. Yeah. And is there homework and, and exercises, too? Absolutely. Yeah. It's usually weekly sessions, you know, with a clear goal in mind. So, you know, my clients have something in mind that they want to move towards. And we focus on that. Mm-hmm. And the program involves shadow work, like we've been talking about. It involves the archetypes. You know, it involves uh, self-love. Uh, it involves, like, overcoming uh, baggage from the past, making peace with our past, basically. Uh, reclaiming my client's dreams. And actually even getting in touch with what it is they want or love. Mm-hmm. Because surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, a lot of people don't know what they want so true and it's usually because they're forcing themselves to just live like the same day over and over again yeah they've lost touch they've lost connection with their heart and so part of part of the homework or part of the work that we do is reconnecting that and then you're also bringing in your intuitive abilities in this as well the whole time yeah i can't can't help help they can't lie to you (laughs) yeah and i can't help not being psychic right? right so so yeah even though they got me as a coach, they've got me as a psychic too. So with a, almost every one of my clients, I am a psychic and a coach at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> now, you had told me that everyone can be a psychic, and you actually yes. offer a mentoring program for this. Can you tell yeah. us more about that? So I have this other program. It has a capitalistic name, but it also has a spiritual name. It's the it's the six-figure six psychic or also, um, you know, business for the helpers um, or success for the helpers or the abundant helpers, like different clients name it something different because <laughs> um, it's not all about the money, right? But we love it when the universe supports us in a way that doesn't make us fear survival. Um, so yes, I can help people like through mentoring to become a successful psychic or successful life coach or successful like helper. Um, because the universe wants more of us right now. Right. The universe needs more of us right now. So yes, if, if people have questions, you know, they can go to my website, davidzarza.com, or they can go to like your profile on Facebook or the socials to find my information there. Uh, but yeah, you can find me everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, even TikTok now <laughs> as, as the David Zarza on there. Awesome. Well, and my last question for you, David, is where do you hope to grow from here? So I'm actually writing two books. I'm hoping to finish them before the end of the year. Two, not um, one, one, but two. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I'm crazy. 
Um, yeah, one is a completely like fictional book. Um, it's called Coochie Hastra and the Suicide Access. <laughs> it's a super crazy name, but trust me, you will you will end up loving the main character. Her name is Coochie Hastra, and that's actually a pen name, in case people are wondering. Um, so that's a completely fictional book, and it's going to be a series of three books. This is the first, and hopefully that one will be published by uh, Valentine's Day next year. Awesome. And then, and then there's my um, universal integrity handbook, which is basically teaching people about like the work that I do in coaching um, for themselves or on their own terms, you know, at their own pace, um, but sharing with them like what these tools are that I give my clients and how they can use them like for themselves on their own. That's so great. Well, well, thank you so much for being here today with us. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. That was fun. <laughs> Absolutely. I hope I didn't talk too long. No, not at all. <laughs> and thank you to Eric, my terrific producer, you the listener, KKNW, KBKW, and Cape Town Zone Radio. Tune in next Wednesday for another episode of Love from the Hip Presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. Stay kind out there, stay true to you, and don't forget, make self-love contagious. Go ahead, I dare ya. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H dot com.